Welcome all. You're in tune for another episode of The Coiling Solution, where we bring you empowerment and actionable insights. On this episode, we're going to talk about transitions in life and how important they are in terms of moments in your life where you can either shrink, survive, or thrive. All of which are okay, by the way, right? There are choices that you can make in moments of transition. But here's the thing. Oftentimes, moments of transitions are initiated by other people. And today I'm joined by Dr. Xavier V. Bruce, who really gives you some insight in terms of his book that he's authored called Uplift Your Damn Self. He shares a message around eight rules to make a strategic, energetic transition. So let me welcome to the show right now, Dr. Xavier V. Bruce. Welcome to the Core Link Solution, brother. Hey, thanks, James. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to letting people know how they can empower and uplift their damn self. Absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I had a chance to go through the book, so I'm excited to talk about it. But before that, let me properly introduce you to the audience. Uh, Dr. Xavier V. Bruce grew up in Lake Village, Arkansas, and completed his undergraduate studies from the United States Air Force Academy in May of 2000. And you guys should hear some of the backstory of this. He might get a moment to tell it. With a Bachelor of Science degree in biology. In 2004, he completed his Master of Business Administration and Information Systems Management from Wayland Baptist University. In 2011, Dr. X completed a Doctorate of Business Administration and Global Supply Chain Management from Walden University, where he analyzed the impact of employee characteristics on the use of rational persuasion in group purchasing organizations. He became a certified professional coach from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching in 2012. Over the course of his 24-year military career, Dr. X served as a healthcare administrator and supply chain manager. In May 2018, he and his wife founded Uplift Energy Coaching LLC to help retired minority military veterans thrive during their transition out of the military. In December 2019, Dr. X co-founded a nonprofit organization named Uplift Empowerment, and that's spelled I-N Empowerment Inc., to specifically help female service members alleviate the pain points during their transition from military life to civilian life. He's happily married with four children and lives in Frederick, Maryland. So again, welcome, Dr. X. Thank you, sir. So I'm so happy to have you. So one, you know, let's start with, man, some of your story and what led to this, you know, the organization that you founded, the nonprofit and the book. So that's a great question because I get that a lot. I get questions of, okay, why the name Uplift and why are you so abrupt and kind of brash when it comes to Uplift Your Damn Self? Well, it basically started with me being in that bunker in Kandahar, Afghanistan. Mm. And this is right after a rocket attack. And I'm in there by myself because it's early morning. The rocket came in. It landed maybe 50 yards away from me. So I ran out to the bunker and I was there and I did not want to talked to my mom about it because she worries a lot. My brother and I, we were kind of estranged at the time. I was going through a divorce, so I could not, I did not feel uh, like I could talk to my wife at the time. So in that bunker, I said, you know what? I need to pull myself together. I need to uplift my damn self. And uh, from that, I said, you know what? When If I get out of this, mm. if I get out of mm. Afghanistan, I am going to provide life coaching for people like me. Cause most, you don't find many brothers that are life coaches right. or certified life coaches. So I said, you know what? I am going to be the change that I want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. 
So when I get out of this, because I finished my doctorate while I was over there in Afghanistan. So I said, when I, if I get back, I'm going to become a life coach and the company will be named Uplift. Wow. Wow. That's incredible, man. And, you know, one of the things I, I enjoyed listening to your whole story, the, you know, so many challenges that you faced and overcame man, from the relationship, strained relationship with your father, from the, I think you said you graduated number two in your class in high school, but then had the challenge of getting into the military academy. Right. Right. That's correct. Right. I mean, so what a, what a, what a fall, right? You think you're number two and then you say, I should be able to go into the academy. And they're like, well, not, not so much. right? <laughs> <laughs> and all those different things. Exactly. And then you get into these situations and go, okay, look, I've, I've got to figure this out myself and not wait on someone else to solve it, which is one of the things you talk about who this book is for, for people who think sometimes they need to wait for someone else to solve this. So, you know, one of the things that, uh, that struck me about the book is the, the subtitle, right? So uplift your damn self, a black veterans guide for empowerment i empowerment which seems very intentional eight rules to make a strategic energetic transition talk about both empowerment the the reason you chose to 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 use that i empowerment so it's a play on words as you can tell Mm -hmm. instead of empowerment empowerment when someone empowers you they give you the power and the authority but that is you relying on someone to give you that power, that authority, that approval, that that the green light to do something. What I'm saying is, damn net, figure out what you need to do in order to give yourself the power and the authority to make command decisions. So many times we're asking for help. And what I'm saying with empowerment is you can learn specific ways and it kind of goes into strategic energetic transition, but you can learn specific ways to to give yourself the power and the authority to to make the change in your life that's needed to achieve your definition of success. So quit waiting on someone to empower you, empower your damn self. Yeah. And your second question was about strategic energetic transition. You typically, I don't know if anyone has really heard all those words together. Uh, and it, to break it down, <laughs> I have not to break it down. Strategic is well in the military. You have strategy, operations, and tactics. Tactical is what you do like right now. That's a tactic. Operation or operational. That's what you do on a daily basis. Strategic. Now you're looking over the time horizon. Like where do you want to be? Who do you want to be in the future? Right. So that's strategic. Energetic. It's not just physical energy. There's six types of energy and there's mental, emotional, spiritual, social, universal, and physical. It actually spells mess up because if you don't have these all together, it can mess up the way that you show up in life. Mm -hmm. So energetic is how you can really tap into not only physical, but mental, emotional, and the holistic health. So that's the energetic gotcha. transition. Hey, it's time to transition out of a mind state that is not working for you. Mm. How you can transition from a divorce to a, a new relationship, transitioning from, uh, you know, high school to college, transitioning from uh, having a job, especially with COVID, to 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 being unemployed or underemployed. So those three words together basically encapsulates 
what I'm trying to help uh, our people do. No, that's that's strong. It's so strong. And, you know, one of the things that struck me about it was the the intentionality in your words provokes the idea that this needs to be self-initiated and proactive. Absolutely. You know, in reading through your story, one of the things that uh, was so well done in the way you tell your story, man, is is the the amount of things you go through before you get to the rules, right? You're telling your story and you you can hear the, the the pain, the grieving, but you don't really take a lot of time to wallow in it, right? You're, you're going, you're telling the story, you're going through it, and then you make this pivot on, okay, I've got to, I've got to pick this up. Like my, my my friends are seeing me in Philly, they're saying what's happening. Like, man, you you look rough, brother. Uh, you you know things happening. I'm starting to recognize this. I'm dwelling in my first marriage. This is not working. I I I, I run away from my first marriage to go to the military. And, and please correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong. Um, but I go away from this. And you know what? I've got to get control of this thing myself. And so out of that, these rules start to take shape, man. And um, what's so powerful to me is this: uh, the concept. Of, okay, manage this thing by a set of rules, right? If you're ready, man, I would love to dive into these eight rules. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Please. Let's get it. Hit, let's, let's hit it. So rule number one, there are no excuses not to be great. There are people out there that won't let you be great. I saw that year after year after year while I was in the military. There are people that don't want you to be great for whatever reason. If it's, I had, I had people telling me I needed to take a chill pill. I had people saying that I need to be happy where I am. And I tell you what, when it comes down to excuses not to be great, you have to step back and see what people are trying to do. Once you step back and and get out of your emotions and see how people are trying to hold you back, I learned how to say, okay, got it. I know where you're going. I know what you're trying to do. But you know what? I'm not going to let that be an excuse. Mm. I'm not going to say, okay, the reason I wasn't able to succeed is because of that person. No, that would not be an excuse for me, for me to not be great. That's good. You know, one part about that is um, I think about the the story you tell of being, I think this at the time you were in the military academy and right. you were on the football team, right? And you you had a girlfriend and you were notified, I think you were at practice and told right. to to, yep. to report somewhere and found out that an allegation was thrown at you that you had committed rape. Yeah. That was a yep. moment, man, that could have gone totally sideways. And just yeah. uh, depending on how you reacted in that moment. And I mean, just, just play back for a moment, man. Um, you know, what you were feeling, what you were thinking and how you proceeded through that. Bro, I thought I was going to jail. Yeah, I thought not only am I getting kicked out of the Air Force Academy, I'm going to jail based on something that I did not do. Mm -hmm. So I had never felt so lonely, so depressed, so sad, so embarrassed in my life. And I had to figure out how I can explain myself in which the rational persuasion or the reasoning or the logic would just make sense to the authorities mm -hmm. and whoever was going to be the decision maker on whether uh, not only do I stay out of prison, but I also stay at the academy. So what I learned is how to capture data. 
mm. and how to go back and do your research, get the facts mm. and present them in a way in which whoever you're presenting those facts to, they step back and say, oh, OK, got it. OK, mm. this is a woman scorned mm-hmm. versus me just being you know, so angry and losing my mind and being so emotional, I had to step back and say, okay, the way that I'm going to get out of this is through rational persuasion and reasoning. And and that's what I did. That's good. That's good. And you know, there's, there's two things you said that stuck out to me. That was one of them. The one thing about the, the using the information, the data, the second thing that you said uh, that I thought was so good, man, was that you were so helpful and uh, I don't know if helpful is the word you use, but you were just um, compliant and forthright with the investigating officers. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, just just, right. you know, what I mean, just uh, I don't know what the right term to use, but I guess compliant. Right. And just working right. with them, uh, because the other part that you mentioned was those type of relationships, I think, were forbidden in the military. Is that or is that? Oh, yeah. You're not supposed to engage in sexual activity uh, in the military. Well, let me back up. On a military academy installation while as a cadet. Right. But now you put some 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds together, and it happens. Right. Uh, doesn't mean that, you know, it's it's right or wrong. It just, it, it happens. Right. Uh, but in my case, um, you know, someone uh, felt like I kind of pulled the rug from underneath her and um her her plans were going down the going down the drain and she said to herself obviously that Mm-mm, not so fast i got something yeah. in store for you uh so uh you know we 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 break the rules sometimes um but in this case i did not right. do what i was being accused of however uh you do have to uh fess up and and tell authorities okay this is what i I did do exactly this was wrong. And I apologize for this, but this is what I did not do. Exactly. So the way you owned it and carried yourself through, it gave you some grace on the part that you, you did do that still allowed you to proceed and be successful. Okay. So, so rule number two, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. I damn near flunked out of the air force Academy. <laughs> At one point I had a 1.87 GPA. Mm, mm, um, mm, it mm. was, it was so bad that I quit. D1 football. Black boys don't quit, quit football. D1, D1 football. football. You, right. You just right. That's unheard right. of. I had to go talk to the I had to go talk to the head coach. Right. Like he pulled me in and like coach uh his name was Fisher DeBerry uh at the time. So I had to go talk to the top guy and explain to him why I was not playing anymore. Um so I had that 1.87 GPA. That's where I, I kind of started in terms of my uh, academic career, but how I finished to finish with a doctorate, a terminal degree, the mm-hmm. first in my family, the first of, you know, people in my sphere of influence. Uh, one reason I got that doctorate is because of the fact that I had a 1.87 GPA. So I wanted to prove to myself and, and those around me that, hell, I, I'm smart. I, right. I, I can I can figure things out. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's not how I started. It's how I finished with the doctorate. Amen. And the sacrifices you were willing to make to, to make it a priority. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Big, big lessons there. Yeah. Rule three, you may not be great in your fish pond, but all greats are not equal. In terms of being in the Air Force active duty, I was not like the top performer 
but I was the most, I would say, I, I had the most or the highest academic achievement. Mm. And it depended on where I was. There were times in which I was not put in a position to prosper. And in the book, uh, I talk about how I was put in, uh, well, it's sometimes called an orderly room. Mm-hmm. But in the book, I, I basically say that I was the help. Got it. And I should not have, I should, I felt like I should have been in a position to prosper in a leadership position. And I talk more about it uh, in the book. Uh, but basically, um, all greats are not equal because although I wasn't great in doing that type of work where I was, because I felt like I was uh, more than that, I was great in other things. And and now uh, I, I feel like I'm great at what I do in terms of helping um, our veterans transition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rule four, meet with triumph and disaster and treat them the same. This one really struck me, really struck mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So this comes from one of my favorite poems, If by Rudyard Kipling. Uh, basically what it's saying is, okay, you're going to have some triumphs and disaster. There are at least around 22 veterans and service members who commit suicide Mm. on a daily basis. And it's because their lows are too low. Mm. Mm. What I mean by meeting with triumph and disaster and treating them the same, don't get too high nor too low. If something happens to you, do not get devastated. Don't get to the point where you're like, you know what? I just, I just don't want to be here anymore. But also when great things happen, you need to humble yourself and realize that that's not all you. That's, you know, that's, you know, your higher being, whether it's God or whoever you pray to has something to do with that. And you need to, you know, humble yourself and make sure that you're lifting as you climb. You're helping other people with where you are and your achievements. And if you, if it's more money, if it's more, if it's a better position or uh, you, you just have more resources, then uh, turn around and, and help someone else. So meet with triumph and disaster the same. Don't get too high nor too low. Yeah, that's good. That's, I mean, it really struck me. Rule five, and, and people will be surprised at this one. It's okay to quit. In fact, mm-hmm. sometimes it's the best option. Yeah, I've quit a couple of things a few things, a handful of things in my life. And, and they're in the book. Uh, you, you'll see that I, I quit the, the football team. I uh, just talked about that. Uh, most, uh, you know, black boys don't quit D1 football. Uh, also quit a marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some people that, I, that are out there that do, do not believe in divorce. Um, even if they're in an abusive relationship, whether it's physical or emotional, mm-hmm. mental, uh, it, they don't want to quit. So they end up being in a, a broken marriage or a, a toxic relationship for years, for decades. And it's not, it's not fair to either, to either party uh, to be going through the motions and, and not loving and, and feeling love and giving love. Uh, so those are two instances where I quit, but there are some other instances where I think we as a people need to step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to quit doing that because it's not serving me or it's not serving my family. It's not 
uh, where I need to go in my life. Yeah. And, you know, on this one, I would love to ask a follow up question, you know, from your experiences and any research and, and from the counseling you've done. Have you found any things that um, you would highlight in terms of what causes people to hold on too long and just stick and stay and not quit or deprioritize or remove those things in service of a path that would be better for them? It's because of what they think other people will think about them. Mm. It's them not wanting to be seen as a quitter. I mean, there were so many people who, my, even family members and friends, they, they really kind of ostracized me when I, when I, you know, quit the football team and, and, and then the marriage. And so I was at a point in which I didn't give a damn who felt some kind of way about me. And, and more and more, we need to get to the point where we, it's not that we don't care about what anybody says or what anybody thinks, but at a certain point, to a certain extent, we have to say, you know what? Only God can judge me. I think Tupac said that. Mm -hmm. Only God can judge me. So, um, so that's, that's where I'm going with that. You know? Yeah. Rule six, you will have known knowns, known unknowns, unknown knowns and unknown unknowns. So known knowns. These are things that we know that we know, you know, like the book, like the questions that you're asking me, I know that I know these things. Right. But then there are known unknowns, things that we, we know that we don't know. I don't, I don't know how to do, uh, you know, some of the things that you know how to do. There are some, some subjects that I just know that I'm not aware of. Mm -hmm. Uh, then there are, unknown knowns it's like with coaching uh you ask certain questions certain empowering questions and the client may answer it and then they're surprised like hell i didn't know that i knew that so those are unknown knowns and then there are unknown unknowns there are things that we don't know that we don't know right right and these are some of the aspects that i integrate into my coaching so that people walk away with increased awareness. Mm. So they turn those unknown unknowns into known knowns. Rule seven, trust yourself when others doubt you, but allow them to. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are going to doubt you. Some naysayers with the book. Uh, there are some people that uh, feel like uh, maybe I should not have written the book. Maybe I went into too much detail uh, maybe uh, I should not use the subtitle. Maybe I should just say uplift instead of uplift your damn self. These are <laughs> people that uh, will doubt me and doubt how far I will go with uh, this particular uh, phrase that pays and, and this value proposition. Mm -hmm. uh, but allow them to. It, it's understandable. Mm -hmm. it, no one has done what I'm about to do and what I'm doing right now. And that is what makes me unique. Uh, and that's what we have to do. We have to make sure that we have a unique value proposition so that we're not just like anyone else. Mm -hmm. So you have to trust yourself when everyone else doubts you, but allow them to allow them to ask questions and, and, and wonder or what have you. But, uh, you use that doubt as rocket fuel. And a lot of them too, as well, you know, when I read that, I was trying to, you know, for myself, make sure I understood one of the things you're saying. One of the things I took from it was a lot of them too also means give yourself permission to keep going and don't over-concern yourself with their doubt. 
Absolutely. I have family members that are that that ask me, so um so how do you feel about the book? Or how do you, you know, how do you think other people what type of feedback are you getting? Mm-hmm. Uh I've had uh uh people say, Wow, you went into a lot of detail on that. Wow, you put it out there. Uh and, and this is hey, these are not uh negative words that they're saying, but this this these are, you know, doubts that I did the right thing. Right. But you know what? That's not gonna stop me from going forward and, and having an interview with with the likes of you and, and others. I just had a call uh yesterday about someone wanting to talk about the book. Right. And these are people that are intrigued by the fact that I'm saying, you know what? And let me back up. When I say uplift your damn self, I'm not saying that don't pray anymore, don't go to church, don't have faith. What I'm in the Bible, it says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead mm-hmm. too. So what I'm saying is, okay, after you pray, after you get up off the ground, after you, you know, you pray to your high being, whether that's God or if you believe in, in something or someone else, um, okay, now it's time to get to work. So now you need to do some heavy lifting and, and uplift your damn self. Yeah, man, we can't just spirits because I'm a faith and works person. Got got to do the work. Got to do the work. Rule eight: Courage is fear that has said its prayers. Hmm. Men get afraid. Men have fear. Whether you want to bit to it or not, damn it, I was scared when those bombs <laughs> were dropping in Kandahar, <laughs> Afghanistan. I was like, man, the devil is busy. And I felt like, okay, that was fear. Right. But but courage, when you have the courage to take that and not come back and uh have PTSD just mm. take over your life. Mm-hmm. Um if 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 you just take your life or if you you take it out on people and you're lashing out and you you're not doing the right thing in terms of transitioning mentally from a a bad place if you're in Afghanistan or if you're in a bad marriage or a bad job, if you will. You have to say your prayers so that the courage turns into bravery. And then you again, again, you use that that fear that you had uh, in that particular situation. You recognize it and you you understand that it's it's understandable, but it's unnecessary. And I always say that a a unreasonable response to an unreasonable situation is perfectly reasonable. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, okay. that's good. That's good. You know, these eight rules are powerful. You know, the thing that the question use usually is right. If we get it logically, we get it, and not unlike things we learn in school, we get it we have to try to put it into practice. Right. And so a lot of times we'll be in school, we do experiments in the room and we play things out and it's easy in a controlled environment. How do you put this into practice in such a way that then you can retain it? When I started this, it was a bit nebulous. It was in my mind. It was okay. These are the things that people need to do in order to overcome stress and anxiety, but I needed to solidify it. So that's why I created the framework strategic energetic transition. And that's why I have three steps. Mm. So, and the steps actually spells I am. The I is identify your energy blocks. And mm. we talked about those earlier. The 
the mental, emotional, spiritual, social, universal, and physical, the things that mess up the way that you show up. So first you have to identify, well, which one is it? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Is it spiritual? Well, what I'm saying is all problems, all stress, all anxiety at least starts with mental and emotional. You have a thought and then it affects the way that you feel. So that's step one, identify exactly what the problem is. Step two is analyze your energy level, mm. where level one is you feeling like the victim. I felt like a victim in Afghanistan, in my marriage, in college, in that situation that happened to me. I felt like the victim. Well, at level two, now you're defiant, now you're angry mm. and you're conflict-minded, where you go all the way up to level seven, where you're non-judgmental. Gotcha. You're absolutely passionate and you're creating success. So you have to analyze where you are from levels one to seven. In fact, here's it in a nutshell right here. Beautiful. And this is what you can get from me uh, by reaching out. But basically, you figure out where you are energetically and where you want to be. And then step three, make a command decision. It could be energetic or it could be practical. Energetic meaning, okay, let me put some pressure on myself. Let me reason why uh, this is happening and where I need to go. Or it could be practical. Okay, I need to get some legal assistance. I need to get uh, some uh, insurance. Mm -hmm. I need to get my taxes taken care of because I paid $20,000 last month and last year in taxes. So how do I not let, the, let that be stress and anxiety this upcoming year? Or I need to learn more about entrepreneurship because I'm tired of working for somebody else. Uh, so so as you will see, in, and it's on Amazon as well, the workbook, uh, and through my workshops, I actually break, I demystify strategic energetic transition and whittle it down to, okay, this is how you can do it in concrete steps. I, I like the system a lot and these takeaways. So identify your energy blocks, analyze your energy levels, and then make a command decision. You know, uh, before we close out, one of the things I didn't do when we got going that I have to do because the Correlating Solution audience is so used to this. What is one thing you can share that the people listening that know you best, if they're listening, would not know about you? One fun fact you might be able to share. People that know you best. Huh. That's a great question. I guess it would be that, um, I guess I'm not a quitter. Mm. Even though I've quit mm -hmm. several times in my life, I'm obviously not a quitter mm -hmm. because I'm still going. I'm still creating. What I did was, that was practice. Right. That was practice. Those years in high school, in college, 24 years in the military, that was practice. But yes, I quit certain actions and certain programs, but one thing that uh, people would find uh, interesting about me is that after they read the book, uh, and they may have one impression, one, one thing is that uh, I'm not a quitter, and, and that's something that that um that i think is special excellent excellent 
Well, Coraline Solution audience, you heard it first from uh, Dr. X. Make sure you pick up a copy uh, of his new book. And we'll have all the links, as always, on the site. Um, and as always, we love to hear your thoughts as well. So whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or whatever place you're watching, please put in the comment section your thoughts. Or if you're listening uh, through your favorite channel or device, uh, audibly, make sure you put some comments there. And uh, hit subscribe and like. And Dr. X, thank you so much for being on The Coiling Solution. Yeah, thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate you.